This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Here we are. We're just a little confused because we've got sirens in the background. Frankie, sit down. It right. works. We're on there. We're all good. Okay. Frank's worried. It's oh, dark well. in here, too. <laughs> oh, well. Well, you should hear the bells. I did. The I heard them. It's they're still going. I know. They're, well, they're doing some kind of thing with hydro, so we yeah, our power is down. Ten minutes. We're on backup generators right now. I oh, think. is that what's happening? Yeah. Oh, okay. I think. I'm not sure, but I think. <laughs> our cameras are down, our lights are out, everything. But our mics are working. Yeah, so, yeah. they are. Yeah, we're all well, good. Well, hey, good morning. And good morning to you, too. Go uh, Raptors, go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, baby. Uh, you got it. Do we love the Raptors? Everybody's a fan right now, it seems you, like. You know, um, I think I should give those phone numbers. Sure, go for it. Uh, beautiful Saturday morning going here. Couldn't so ask So why don't you join weather. us here on the Garden Show on the air, all right? Uh, in Toronto, call 416-360-0740. Anywhere else in the province, it's toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. You've got a few notes, I'll bet you. I do. But, right. And, you know, you mentioned what a gorgeous day it is. Yep. Well, there's a lot of activities going on, a lot of garden tours, etc. So, you know, perfect timing for a beautiful weekend. <clears throat> so today, actually today and tomorrow, is Toronto's largest tour of private gardens. It's exploring 21 gardens, and they're in the area called The Beach. That's every both days, today and tomorrow, from 11 until 4 p.m. Of course, this is brought to us by the Toronto Botanical Gardens, and it is a fundraiser for them. If you don't have tickets and you'd like to go on this tour, head down to Tour Headquarters. This is at Neil McNeil High School. 127-127 Victoria Park Avenue in Scarborough. Pick up your tickets and of course your garden pass is a, such an organized tour. You got garden pass includes garden access wristband, garden guide and map, complimentary hop on hop off shuttle bus and discounts at local retailers and restaurants. Also today, very special event called Join NeighborLink, part of a North York event to, again, raise money from 10 until 4. Lots of meeting new friends at Hello Spring Garden Tour, and there's an afternoon tea after the tour. The tour starts at the Gibson House Museum and continues to nine private gardens in Willowdale. Uh, the tea, of course, is at the John McKenzie House. Uh, tea is at 12 noon, 1.30 and at 3 p.m. Thank you. I did receive an invite to this event and some tickets for the 3 p.m. tea. So I'm going to do my best to try and get down to that. Um, so that's pretty exciting. <clears throat> this Monday, the Agent Court Garden Club will be celebrating Wendy Woodsworth with her presentation mm -hmm. on the historic gardens of Spadina House at 8 p.m. So 
While that's happening, judges will be working on the flower show because flower show season has started. Um, so members bring in for a friendly competition. Newcomers, of course, are completely welcome. There is dessert, and this is at the Knox United Christian Education Centre, 2575 Midland Avenue at Shepherd. Uh, one more going on this week, Scarborough Garden and Hort Society. This Wednesday, June 12th, doors open at 7 p.m. Free presentation by author chef Sinye Langford on edible plants. That's a great one, followed oh. by, again, a judged June flower show. Refreshments are included. Open to guests, Scarborough Village Recreation Center, 3600 Kingston Road and Markham Road. Um, you know what? I just got to do one more. Is that this weekend? Okay. Oh, that's next Saturday. Well, I'll bring this up later, but this is you and I. Do you remember? It's called Gates. Oh, is it called Gates Open? Yes, and it's Scarborough. Scarborough. Exactly. I remember it. Yes. That's happening next weekend. So uh, I'll give you some details on nice that. Nice lady and her daughter. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Lovely people. Yep. Okay. Well, that's good. We have callers waiting online here. Nice. So uh, we'll take a little bit of a break here. Come back and say hi to Teresa in Mississauga in moments from now here on The Garden Show. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, we're powering right through here. (laughs) And saying hi to Teresa in Mississauga. Welcome to the show, Teresa. Hi, good morning, Frank. Good morning, Charlie. Good morning. Hi. I have a question about Egyptian onions. I planted some in the fall, and they all came up. Now, there's a like a tube in the middle, something like a garlic scape. Uh-huh. Uh, do I cut that? Do I uh, start pulling the onions? Like, when is the time to... Um, it depends whether you want to harvest them as little, little, like, bunching onions or leave cocktail them... Cocktail onions. Yeah, sort of exactly. Thing, yeah. Or leave them till they're more of a size, like more of a cooking onion or a slicing onion. But do, you do want to remove the flower. Uh, if the plant is allowed to flower, it will put a lot of energy into that flower formation, and ultimately some little baby bulbs will also grow uh, from that flower, and it will be at the risk of what's underground. You'll end up with nothing underground and everything above ground. Oh, I see. Okay. 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 So um, when is a good time to pull them up? Uh, well, like I said, just depends what, what you're looking for. The, a nice the, little, small little pearl on you, oh, a little you bit bigger. Yeah, yeah. So you know what? The best way to find out is pull one and take pull a look. One. Okay. <laughs> and and usually, I'd say it's probably a little bit early now. I'd probably wait another till the end of June. But yeah. but you know what? It never hurts. Just if you've got enough there, you know. Hopefully you do. I do. I do. I have quite a few. Yeah. yeah you pull one. If it's perfect, then you'll okay. pull them all. Otherwise, you'll say, "Okay, I'm going to wait another week before I pull one." Now, this little flower that's on the very top, you get little onions out of that. Is that what you said? You, well, it, ultimately, often yes. Little bulb bills. And will, what do I do with those? Well, you could. Again, plant, you know, put them away and, and, oh, replant and them. replant them. Oh. But, but that you will not harvest anything from below ground if you, if you go that route. Okay. Right? So it's one or the other. So the other. if you are a farmer, you want to become an Egyptian onion farmer, that's exactly what you would do. Because <laughs> you would expand your, your crop by doing that yeah. oh, for next I, year. <laughs> excellent. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Thank you for okay, calling. Teresa. 
nice to talk to you. Thanks for calling. Thank you for joining us here on The Garden Show. <laughs> I love it. And as we say goodbye to Teresa, let you know that there are a couple of lines open now. 416-360-0740 and uh, 1-866-740-4740. And in the uh, discombobulated Frank intro, <laughs> I neglected to give her a little mantra call early, call often, one question per call. And please, if you're a first-time caller, let Sebastian know and... You'll hear that before you hit the airwaves. You'll get your garden wings. Okay, Evelyn from Toronto. Good morning. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking my call. I just have a sort of a repeat question. I had an Alberta spruce, uh, Charlie, where one side has uh, died off. There was another bush against it. And when that died, uh, we noticed that half the tree um, was gone. Uh, so I, you mentioned I could prune back, but I was wondering how, how far can I prune back? In the case of a dwarf Alberta spruce, I would only be removing dead stuff. Yeah, no, exactly. So how far back? Oh, the whole thing. Right. If the branch is dead, right back to the back. Now, in a perfect world, like if there's where the, the other plant has been removed and now this, this naked spot is, is exposed, does any sun, Will any sun actually directly um, shine into that area? There's more afternoon sun. Okay, that's fine. Um, mid- midday to afternoon sun. It's sort of the um, faces sort of north, north, yeah, northwest. Oh, northeast would be morning sun. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. It just seems very hot there in the afternoon it's well, on the patio. Yeah. Well, I mean, because the thing about spruces is they do not rejuvenate brand new, young, fresh growth on old wood. So that's why all your new growth on a spruce is out on the tips. Yes, and, that's what I noticed. Right, so and that's what's happening right now. All of our spruces are busting out. Little buds are, you know, bright green and bright blue in the case of the the um, blue spruces. So we've got all that new growth out on the tips. So when you've got all this a dead area on something like a dwarf Alberta spruce, if you take the dead wood right back to the main stem, you're going to have that hole there. If you don't oh. take the dead wood back and just give it a bit of a prune. You might, if there's some sun penetrating in there, and if the plant is healthy and happy and you've fertilized it this spring, you may, if you're lucky, get some new growth growing on that, what appears to be completely dead. But you'll have to do some pruning in order to see if that will happen. It's a 50-50 or even less than 50-50 that growth will appear there. It's more likely that it will just remain dead. So I'm, I'm thinking it's really too bad because like almost three quarters of it, it looks so oh. good. Um, oh, right. Okay. Maybe I should plant something beside it. I was going to say, yes, consider planting something in beside to, to cover that area. Yeah. And if you are going to do that, then definitely do take out all the dead stuff because that'll give more room uh, for whatever you're planting. And of course, healthy plants have good air circulation and right. sun penetration, all that sort of thing going on as well. Right. So there shouldn't be a restriction on the type of plant. Like we could put another burning bush there if we want to. You could. Remember how big burning bushes get. Oh, yes. Even a dwarf burning bush wants to be eight feet tall and eight feet wide. Oh, okay. I know it's funny. They give it the, it's called a dwarf burning bush, but the only thing that makes a dwarf is that the leaves are smaller on the dwarf burning bush versus a regular burning bush. They are very large shrubs. Yeah, that's what we have. <laughs> yeah, well, go with something so else. Much. Go with something like maybe a spirea or something that is a little more uh, controlled in its size or, or, or yeah, hydrangea, oh, something that's not too big. 
Oh, that's great. We'll try that, actually. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Have a lovely day. Thank you. You too. Thanks, okay. Evelyn. Bye-bye. Thanks. Thank you for joining us here on The Garden Show. Matter of fact, we have to take a little break here, and we'll be back to uh, head off to, well, we'll lope to Lindsay <laughs> in just a moment to say hi to Doug right here on The Garden Show. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And uh, on this beautiful Saturday morning, let's welcome Doug to the line here from Lindsay. Good morning, Doug. Morning, Frank. I have a question with the um, uh, lilac tree. I cut it down last year, mm-hmm. and uh, what's left is all flower, all kind of leaves on it again. How do I kill it? <laughs> You're calling the wrong person. Like I just maybe Frank can answer that. He kills plants all the time. I kill plastic plants. <laughs> I'm so good at it. <laughs> So, all right, so you've cut it down, and it was an old lilac, and it's obviously got suckers coming off the root or from the actual stump? Yeah, from the actual stump. Mm. You need somebody to come and help you uh, with a chainsaw and and a shovel to move the soil away from the base of the of the plant, and with a chainsaw cut that stump down to below soil level, and um, and do some damage with a with a axe or whatever to that stump. It will take some time for the roots to die and for the plant to die because it's got some energy still in it, obviously, mm-hmm. but. If you allow those little green suckers to grow, you're contributing to there being more energy in the plant. So you've got to do everything in your power to ensure that those suckers are not allowed to, to grow if you don't want that lilac there. No, no. Okay. But, okay. Um, yeah, so that's actually, I work with a young man. We just did that for a, a client just this past week, an old choke cherry. So a stump that was uh, whew, probably eight or ten inches across mm-hmm. had been sitting in her backyard for a couple of years growing all kinds of suckers, and she didn't want that. She didn't want the plant. She wanted it done completely differently. And uh, Andrew rented a chainsaw for this because he didn't want to wreck his own because it is a bit hard on chainsaws to stick them down underground like that. And, um, yeah, he, he eliminated it, and we were able to replant, and it looks amazing. So, cool. so, okay, thank you. You're very welcome. You're Thanks, welcome, Charlie. Doug. Thank you very much. Uh, can I uh, give a quick shout-out? Yes. Yes, all right. Uh, yesterday I was at uh, Metro in, in Newmarket, and a delightful lady was um, sitting there beside me. I was waiting for Shirley to finish some shopping, and she was rummaging around trying to find something. I said, can I help you? She said, well, I can't find my sunglasses. So I said, wait a minute, maybe they're in the bag here. And sure enough, they were. She said, oh, thank you very much. She said, no problem at all. She said, your voice. Are you Norm Edwards? <laughs> Are you Norm? No, no, but I get mistaken for Norm a lot. You do, but thank eh? you. So I introduced myself. She's such a sweetie. Um, so good morning to Mary Fitzpatrick. Uh, delight meeting you, Mary, and thanks for tuning our way because she listens to the show too. Here, all right, all righty. Well, thank you okay. for listening. Exactly. That's very cool. Shirley in Brampton. Good morning. Good morning. Morning. Um, yeah, just a quick question. You had a recipe for killing slugs on hospice. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so I just saw that Sebastian had written that up there. You think I'd have these? Maybe it's here. (laughs) I do have paper clips in my book for where some of these things are. It's um, that. Oh, no, that's not it either. 
Uh-oh. The grand surge is on. Uh, I didn't write it. I think it was an ammonia and water. Or? That's it, exactly. It's just ammonia and water, and I believe it was 10 parts water to one part ammonia in oh, a spray okay. bottle. Yeah. And then you would spray that. Actually, it was more to be sprayed on the soil, the surface yes. of the soil early in the spring. Yes, so that as the too slug, late to do it then? Um, well, I, my, my houses are not completely uh, open in terms of the foliage. So if you've got some soil that you can see around your hostas, I would go right ahead and, and you know, do it now. Don't uh, don't hesitate. Yeah. Okay. okay. Thank you very uh, much, Shirley. All righty. Thanks. Okay. Uh, off to Cambridge. There's Lorraine. Good morning, Lorraine. Welcome to the morning. show. Um, hi. Um, I was wondering about, um, I have several cedar bushes. One's got some brownish little rosettes, about a quarter of an inch in clusters. And I'd wonder if those are seed pods or just what what are they? What's the difference between the two, between the types of cedars? Okay, so those are cones. um, Yep, cedars are an evergreen or conifer, and so they don't flower, but they do produce seeds in cones. So that's what those little clusters are. Those are those are little cones growing on. So you're saying it's only on some of the cedars? Oh, okay. Because that's it's all completely normal. Oh, okay. Now I. uh, have to tell you that my garden is just coming up beautifully at this time of year. It's just wonderful nice. to see everything. I have a little, um, I saw, uh, I have a part of my, of my uh, yard is natural. Oh, yeah. And, like, and I've got big blue and little blue stem grasses and pocho pie and, nice. and milkweed. And I saw a but, uh, monarch butterfly yesterday. Ooh, baby. Laying eggs, probably. Wow. Yes, it was sniffing around from one to the other, yep. Excellent. So, okay. you, so you'll go out there and take a look. Just keep an eye because you will be able to see if eggs have been ha- have been laid on that milkweed. You'll be able to watch them, watch them as they get bigger. That's why it's so hatch. important to you know promote the growth of milkweed, eh? Well, because monarchs. yeah, monarchs. That's the mm-hmm. only thing they if they lay their eggs on anything else, the then there's it's a failure because once the eggs hatch, monarch baby monarchs are little the little larvae or yep, caterpillars. Yep. Can only eat milkweed. Everything they, and they what die. What color are the larvae? They are really ugly, and you're going to think that this is like, ooh, I got to swat that and kill it. <laughs> so don't. <laughs> they they're like you know black with yellow stripes. Like they're just um they're not they're not attractive. Okay. <laughs> All right. So don't don't whatever you do let it, let them be. Yep. <laughs> okay, Lorraine. Thank you very much. Thanks. Uh A reminder of phone numbers here, my friends, in Toronto, four one six three six zero. 0740. And then anywhere in the province, it is toll free. 1-866-740-4740. And we'll hop along to Hamilton. Before now. we go yes. there, just I want you to look at the computer. Oh, oh, oh. See what yeah. those are? Those are baby monarchs. Wow. So yeah. you see what I mean? Like they're kind of attractive, really. You know? Black, yellow, yeah. and white stripes. But yeah. this is very cool. This is um yeah, some great images on the web. If you just Google monarch. Um, larva, I think is what I did, then, or in this case, monarch caterpillar. Yeah, just all the different stages wow, yeah. when they first hatch, and then they pupate, of course. They, you know, they yep. make that little pupa case and emerge as what we want to see, which is a beautiful monarch adult butterfly. Right. Okay, uh, we'll hop along to Hamilton now. Uh, okay, okay. <laughs> and there's Barbara. Good morning, Barbara. Oh, good morning, Kid Charlie. Good morning. Um, I hope all is well with you guys. Um, yep. I'm loving today, the mm-hmm. sunshine, but I'm calling, and I don't know if I got false hope here. <laughs> I got a rose bush. Mm-hmm. It, not doing anything. Oh. Not growing any leaves or anything. And I 
think maybe it's because it's not getting enough sun and the soil might not be the best for it either. So I'm thinking of relocating it and see if anything happens. Is there any hope for that when it hasn't happened How, for over a year? So when did you plant it? Oh, it's over a year. Okay, so last year or the year before you planted it? Yeah. And did it have any green leaves on it last summer? No, no. Oh. Well, I was in the hospital quite a bit, so I couldn't really watch it that right. closely. No, probably uh, what happened is it died over a winter, whether it was not this winter, but the winter before. Sometimes that just happens. Some roses, um, depending on what kind of rose and where it, where it was raised, because we can buy roses that were grown in the U.S. or we can buy roses that are grown yeah. grown in Canada. It's always better to choose Canadian-grown roses. For, I try to choose all Canadian. Yeah. Can. Well, for the best yeah. chance of success. They're just physiologically better designed and yeah. And evolved to survive Canadian winters. And so I I wouldn't put that kind of effort into trying to relocate it. I mean, if you can get out there with a shovel and start sticking the shovel into the ground around the rose, you'll figure out pretty quick whether this is alive or not. If it's dead, it will come out of the ground very easily. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. But yeah, yeah I mean, sure. I love my roses. I'm, I'm a big fan. If you've got, it's, but it's all about uh, the sun and a good fertile soil, like a, yeah. you know, well drained, not a wet spot, but bright, sunny, reasonably good soil. And there are some excellent roses out there that oh, will thrive. Oh, I had the most beautiful roses uh-huh. in the front and back of my house. Mm-hmm. And, um, when I was sick, people, Thought they were being very helpful. Oh, right, yeah. And they came over and just dug everything up. Oh, dear. Oh, my. And um, they are no more. But oh. I've got pictures of them. Yeah. Well, but I thought, well, I'm going to try again and see if I can. Mm-hmm. Some things, uh, like my tiger lilies, mm-hmm. they thought they were weeds. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah, I know. Yeah, Sometimes well, that happens. They had no flowers on them or anything. Right. At the time, but a few of the seeds must have escaped because they're growing in odd places. That's good. So I'm trying to wait till the seeds grow along the sides, and I take them off and I plant them in different areas. Good hoping, idea. Well, and the other, well, and knowing what what an old city Hamilton is. I mean, when when we first plant things like roses, I mean, I did this where I live in Richmond Hill. Lots of sun, beautiful roses. Now here I am, twenty five years later, and the trees have grown a lot, and the right. sun isn't quite the same as what it used to be in my right. front garden. So the roses aren't thriving or flowering nearly as much as they used to. Yeah. They're just not getting the sun they used to get. So that, right. that's yeah. very very normal. To the evolution of the garden. That's what I think garden. happened with this yeah. one. It, I had roses there before, and they did wonderful. But now I have yeah. this great big walnut tree. Oh, oh and that'll wow. make a difference too. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Thank well, you, Barbara. Best we, of we have luck to kind of move along, but bless your heart for uh, giving us a call here on, on the Garden Show. Off to uh, Kitchener, and there is Mike. Hey, Mike. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I had this evasive weed in my lawn, Mm. and I was wondering if you people would know the name of it and how I could eradicate it. Okay. What does Um, it look like? It grows very close to the ground. Mm. It's got a small blue flower on it, grows in clumps. 
Mm-hmm. And it's spreading everywhere. You can't cut it off of the lawnmower. No. No, you can't because it is too low to the ground. And you're right. Oh, I know that. It's hugely invasive. And it is, just, I think it's Veronica. It's a, it's a form of Veronica. It's got, you pull it out, it comes out in clumps. It's got quite a root on it. Right. Um, it's spreading everywhere. Okay, there we go. Speedwell, Veronica weed. Yeah, it's commonly called Speedwell. Oh, wait a minute. Yep. Speedwell. Speed. This is a common name is Speedwell, one word. Okay. And But its proper name is it is a Veronica. It's the, actually the genus. And the only way you're going to get rid of it is, as you recognize, is the pulling it out, getting the roots. Um, it does come out in a clump. So that's what I love about some of these weeds, where you have such big impact with one pull, you've actually removed a lot of weed. Mm-hmm. Um, so it... it I've told I've told these stories on the radio show in the past about me on my knees with my little <laughs> kneeling pad, my good tools, my bushel basket, and my glass of wine, <laughs> and, and just working my way around the lawn because that, there's no other way to do it really. I mean, you can go out there with with um, a herbicide, but the herbicides are not selective, so they are going to kill your lawn as well as the weed. Mm-hmm. And then it's all the work to have to go and have to re um, you know regrow uh, in those bare patches. And while you're waiting to regrow some turf, other weeds start blowing in via seeds. So I, I'm just a really big fan of pulling if you can and just make it, make it a beautiful day today. What else are you going to do? Right? Yeah. I was out there yesterday. There you go. And tomorrow's a nice day as well. There you go. Three good days. And so, we've had all that moisture. The weeds are coming out beautifully. So if that stays in there, well, that, that'll take the whole lawn over. Yep. And, and grass, <laughs> everything. Yep. On. I know. See that's well. See, grass isn't very tough when it comes to. That's why we consider it a weed, right? You could just it, have a speedwell lawn if you want. <laughs> and it seems to uh, die off later on. Yeah, it's flowering now, though, so it's very obvious. Exactly. Yep. Yep. You get out okay, there. Thanks for your help. You're very welcome. Thank you. Mike. I don't think I was much help other than to give you a name yeah. and tell you your job. <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, you know what? We have a first-time caller. From uh, Whitby, it's oh, Deborah. Lovely. Good morning, Deborah. Morning. Hello, Deborah. Good morning. Hi. How are you? Excellent. Welcome to the show. Thank you. What's going on at your place? Uh, well, I have several hostas. Mm-hmm. Now, they're, I don't know what type they are, but they've got the dark green leaf, mm-hmm. and they're huge. They're massive. I've split them a few times, but they just keep growing, and they're <laughs> very, very large. Okay. And they actually look nice right now, yeah. but... Now, halfway through the summer, uh-huh. the leaves start turning brown, oh, and they just look terrible. So I'm not sure how to care for them. They're facing, like, they're on the east side hmm. of my garden. Yeah. Hmm. So how can I maintain them so they look nice throughout the season? Do you... Um Okay, so the only reason I can think that hostas are going to start turning brown in the middle of the summer is because they are suffering for lack of something. So could it be lack of moisture? Could it be too much sun? Um, could it, you know, could it, like some, some 
animal doing something to them. I'm not so much the turning brown. I mean, I know, I know, like here in the city of Toronto, the raccoons have their highways where they oh, travel yeah. through people's yeah. front and back gardens, and they'll just walk right through a patch of hosta, and, and there's nothing you can do about it. Like they're they're just going to keep going on that highway. So you have to work around them and let them go because you know all the barricades in the world. They're just going to make a new highway right through your patch. So, yeah. so um, I would question your soil. Did you plant these hostas? Yes. And how long ago did you do that? Oh, a few years ago. And um, at the time, did you supplement the soil or have you done any amending of the soil along the way? No, no, just right into the ground. Yeah. So what I would do, and you could still do this now because you the, the plants are not yet at full size, is get a hold of some composted manure or if you make your own compost, just get a, a, um, a hold of some good quality organic matter and get okay. that on. You just have to get it on the surface of the soil, even if you can get it half an inch deep. Uh, around all these hostas, I think you'll find that will make a difference. Number one, they obviously will grow even better, but that might help with moisture retention when we get into the hot, hot summer. Yeah. And that yeah. might be partly why they're turning brown. Okay. Okay. Great. And and okay. if it does get really dry, if we get into droughty conditions, don't hesitate to get out early in the morning and do some deep watering in that area of the garden. You know, even once a week, uh, getting that might make a big difference as well. Do you think the leaves turning brown is because the because they get afternoon sun. It could Would be. Would that be why? Well, you've mentioned it's on the east side of the garden, but they are they yeah. are in a western. They are getting a western sun beating down on them. It could be that some hostas mm. do not like the sun at all and will absolutely just shrivel up and turn brown. Other hostas okay. do fine in sun, so it's very very specific to the variety. Yeah. Okay. okay, I'll try the compost. Yeah, maybe also try digging out a chunk and moving it into a darker corner of your garden and see what happens to that chunk as we get into the hotter days of summer. Okay, well, right. uh, some of those suggestions will help out, uh, Deborah. Um, we have to take a break here, but uh, when we come back, I'm going to be reaching for that bell because we have a, a caller from Hamlin, New York on the line. Nice. We'll find out kind of where that is <laughs> when we return here on The Garden Show from Zoomer Radio. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And Frank Proctor joining in the fun, and I hope we've got a forgiving crowd out there today because both of us (laughs) stayed up late to watch the game, and we're operating on a lot less sleep than we would normally like. Um, You know what's amazed me? Mm -hmm. The number of folks who are American who are cheering for the Raptors. I know. I think it's great. It's delightful. I think only only there's a few people in Oakland that are cheering for (laughs) Golden State. Well, I don't know whether Joan fits in that category or not. Anyway, she's from Hamlin, New York, and she's a first-time caller. There you go, Joan. Good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Hi. What's what's going on at your place? I've got little red bugs with Mm -hmm. black legs and head that are eating my lilies. And bellies, too. Their bellies are black. Called lily leaf beetles. Ooh. Ew. And they do. They'll eat every part of a lily. They'll eat flowers. They'll eat leaves. They'll eat stems. They are a huge problem and they are not, it's not an easy one to solve. Oh. Uh, in Ontario, we have, um, pesticide act that was passed 11 years ago that says we can't just go out and randomly spray things like lily leaf beetles with sprays. So we have a couple things we do to, to, 
squish them because it does become a bit of a squish mm-hmm. job. Um, <laughs> the, the babies, so the larva, the, the red, they're very, very obvious. They're bright, bright red. And it seems so crazy that they survive when they show up so obviously mm-hmm. on the green leaves. Um, but when you go to touch or pick or pick one off to squish it, they, they, all the rest of them drop off and their red little backs go down to the ground and their little black bellies are facing up and now you can't see them anymore. So the, oh, that's one of their survival okay. techniques is that they, when they feel threatened, they just drop to the ground, but they flip onto their backs when they land. Lay some newspaper out, maybe? Exactly. Lay out some oh. newspaper, lay out a white sheet, something where you can see them, collect them, drop them into a jar, because they're not that fast moving. They're, they won't, don't go anywhere very quickly. They don't fly much at all. They so, don't die. They just... No, so you get yourself a little Uh jar of water or a can with some water in it and just put a drop of oil or a drop of soap and just drop these little insects in and they will drown. You don't have to squish them at all. But it is a bit time consuming to do that. So sometimes people go, oh, I don't want to do that. (laughs) The other thing that they do, which is absolutely amazing, is they're the larvae, so the caterpillars, which are the baby Uh beetles, they uh, cover their bodies with their own poop so that it just looks like a blob of bird poop to a bird and they would never consider eating that but underneath that poop is an insect that's chewing your lilies so, oh yeah they've got some great great evolved strategies camouflage wow. yeah yeah what a way great really really attractive camouflage so so i mean you can uh obviously in new york go to your local garden center you can pick up i imagine diazinon or something along those lines and you can spray that and on contact that will kill the the, the beetles but if you want to go more organic, uh, neem oil has been recommended if you can get a hold of that. I'm sorry, what kind? Neem oil, N-E-E-M, is, uh, is something that is often used as an insecticide if you can get a hold of it. It's not registered as an insecticide in Ontario, so it's not sold here as an insecticide. So oh. I'm not sure what you can get a hold of in New York, but it is a more organic way to, to control this insect. Oh. Okay. Very good. Yeah. Should I pick off the poop? <laughs> if I would probably just use a strong hose, uh, you know, get my my garden hose out there and just blow them off. <clears throat> oh. But certainly get those adults first. Okay, great. <laughs> All right. Good luck with Thank that, you, Joan. Joan. Thanks for calling. All righty. Look forward to another caller from you uh, <laughs> again. Um, Barb in Aiton, Ontario. Good morning, Barb. Oh, good morning, Charlie and uh, Frank. I was just wondering if what would be a good choice or um, preferably with white flowers for a, a vine on an arbor. We didn't have any luck with silver lace vine. Oh. Is it not um, good for a zone five? Yeah, it should be. I'm surprised. So you what planted it last year and it didn't survive the winter? Uh, yeah, like well, we've just um, two years now in a row we've lost it both winters. Oh. Interesting, but it should be okay. Or do you cover it? No, it should, uh, as I recall, as I recall, silver lace vine is about a zone four plant, so it should be surviving in zone five. Um, is it really, really exposed? Is it like right out in the backyard where the northwest wind whistles all around it? Uh, yeah, probably. Mm. Yeah. So in that case, uh, ye, and you want to with white flowers. The, if you wanted to try silver lace vine again, what uh-huh. I would do in the fall, as we get into like late fall, so uh-huh. November, uh, I would treat it like we treat a rose where you pile soil around 
and over the crown of the plant. Oh, okay. Uh, putting a, like a little hill of soil. It could just be regular topsoil, uh, preferably eight, nine, ten inches deep over the crown. Okay. Then in the spring, of course, you'd have to go in and then with both a hose and your hands and a trowel, move that soil away from the, the crown of the plant so that it will, you know, start uh-huh. to grow again. Uh-huh. Uh, because that plant should grow. I mean, clematis, there's some beautiful white flowering clematis, but again, those are zone five plants. So, you know, borderline hardy, probably going to have the same issue. Um, I mean, there's the one that's, it's called autumn, autumn glory, autumn something sweet. Autumn, very, very fragrant. But oh, again, yeah? it's probably a zone five. Let me, I have to check on that. I think all the clematis are zone five. Uh, oh, okay. So that wouldn't be as good as the silver lace vine? I don't think so. I think you, the silver lace vine should be hardier and should be more vigorous in terms of giving you that beautiful coverage you're looking for. Plus, it's a gorgeous plant. Uh-huh. But uh, let me think about whether I can think of anything else that might uh, work as well. Okay. Um, it, it doesn't matter, like, if it, if it didn't have a flower, as long as it uh, if it's a flower, it has to be white. Oh, I see. <laughs> okay. Ah, interesting. <laughs> okay, Barb, We've she's going to get some serious color going on here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We have to take our final break, as a matter of fact, for right about now, and then come back and uh, say hi to another first-time caller here on The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin on Zuma Radio. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, Frank reaches for the bell oh, because... you're getting some serious exercise. Hey, I tell you, that's Roy in <laughs> Toronto who got that. Good morning, morning Roy. It's good morning. Thank you for taking my inquiry. Uh, our pleasure. Go ahead. We uh, planted a tiger's eye plant about two and a half years ago, mm-hmm. and it seems to be doing fine. But here's the question. Uh, in the last year, we've noticed uh, some growth mm-hmm. um, underground that seems to be popping out uh, up to about two feet away from where the actual tree is. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, if we cut that growth, mm-hmm. uh, number one, can I use it? Can I plant it somewhere else? Or will that affect the help of the, of the of the parent tree. Ah, good questions. Okay, so <clears throat> just for people that are listening, tiger's eye is a very, quite a new variation on a native tree called sumac uh, that grows extensively, um, particularly along sides of highways, where it's bright, bright red in the fall, but mm-hmm. it is a plant that is considered quite invasive. So you start with one plant planted, and the roots grow underground, and from the root, little suckers, stems, start growing off the root, up through the ground. Before you know it, your single tree has become a forest. So now the tiger's eye variety that you have is considered far less invasive than the traditional native sumac. So the fact that you are seeing a a little bit of suckering is not unusual. Um, It would be very difficult to transplant those. What you could do... It'd still be difficult to do, but you can, you see the little sucker 
pushing its little nose up through the soil, get it to mm-hmm. trowel, move the soil and go down and follow that stem to where it's growing from. Assuming it's not too deep down, it probably isn't, you will find the little stem is growing off a root. So then you would clean the soil away and you would, with your sharp pruners, cut the root uh, okay. from the mother plant. And okay. now you would have a piece of root with that little stem growing off of that root and you would move it to a nut, give it oh. to a friend or share it with somebody or move it. If you have a big garden, put it somewhere else in your garden. That would be the only way you could take what's growing, those little suckers and transplant them. Okay. Uh, otherwise, I would just go down with your trowel and break them off and then they will not grow back. It's up to you whether you want them or not. Okay, you know, that's great because our concern was uh, cutting that root, would it affect the parent plant? And and now you've just answered my question. Yeah, le- losing one root is no big deal to a tree that's been there for a couple of years. And this is a, a vigorous, hardy tree, so it's not going to even notice that losing one root. <laughs> oh, there's good news for you, Roy. Okay. <laughs> Thank you very much. Okay, you're you, very welcome. You're welcome. Don't be a stranger. <laughs> now, uh, Joe in London, Ontario. Good morning, Joe. Good morning. Morning. <laughs> Good morning. As usual, I'm, I'm usually, every time I call, <laughs> I'm, the, I'm always the last, the last call. Call early, now, call often. It seems to be every time. <laughs> anyway, the last time I called, I even forgot you, Charlie. I forgot this. I said, oh, good morning, Frank. <laughs> yeah, I forgot Charlie. That's okay. The main character. <laughs> anyway, what, what I, my problem is I've got two apple trees. Mm-hmm. One is a huge one and the, the other one's a small one. So this year, somebody suggested, like last year, loads of buds, crowded with buds, mm. not one apple did I get on it. Uh, mm. Like, I'm, I'm thinking the squirrels are up there throwing the apples at each other. <laughs> and, and what I done this year, somebody suggested a net right. over my small apple tree. Right. So that's what I done. And I just wondered, am I doing, um, is, am I doing it any good? Or is it, uh, is it a good, how long should I leave it on? Well, okay, so the flowers have finished? Yes, they all finished, and there's lots of little apples. Oh, perfect. Yeah, so what you're doing with that netting, and depending on the size of the netting... You can be doing some protection from uh, insects, as well as squirrels, as well as birds, and anybody else who's going to be poking around on your tree. Uh-huh. So that can be a good thing. Um, so I would definitely you want to leave those. Uh, you may want to leave that netting right through the summer if it's not too heavy no, of, a, it, of a net. It, it's, a, it's a light yeah. Um, yeah. plastic. A yeah. Light plastic. You bought them in the dollar store, to tell you the truth. Oh, wait, a light and, plastic. And light plastic would... Uh, a lot of, uh, I think it's about uh, three-quarter inch holes. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, so that's it's not... It's not. It, like, it's a proper net. It's right. a proper net. It's not yeah, yeah. Uh, a plastic... Um, right, big whatever, plastic bag know. or something. Yeah. No. Um, okay. Uh, well, uh, keep an eye on the tree, is what I would say. If, uh-huh. if like, at this time of year, it, did you spray with dormant spray in the spring? Last year, Oh, okay, not, not this, this year. year. No, no. All right, so dormant spray being the super important, most important spray of the entire year uh-huh. uh, will help prevent problems. So just keep an eye. If there was any overwintering insects or diseases, it, they could be having a heyday under that net. So yeah, just yeah. if it's a small enough tree, you can be poking your, your head in 
checking it out. You oh, may yeah. I, I can go yeah. right underneath it yeah. and and look at. I can re- see see everything by just walking around it. Right. Uh, the holes are, as I say, three quarter inch holes yeah. all around it. Yeah. Well, like I said, the the net can do a good thing in terms of protecting the tree from some of the creatures that might yeah. want to get your apples. Yeah, I'm thinking to get up there and start throwing them at each other. <laughs> you never know. Yeah. <laughs> the word gets out in the neighborhood, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Joel, Joel we we better kind of scoot yeah. here. We're we're running out of show. <laughs> okay, so you were indeed the last caller. I know. And to Wilma, who was waiting on the line patiently from Holstein, uh, please give us a call next yeah, week. Yeah, she looks like she's got a good yeah, tip. Yeah, lily bug suggestion. So, so going back to, hearing from to you, Joan, hopefully. who's got the lily leaf beetle, yeah, it sounds yeah. like we might just have a good tip for but we do, that. But we do have to scoot. We do, we yeah. do. And you are, uh, you're back. I'm back 1 o'clock to 3.30, live okay. in the city. Nice. Have and fun. I'm off Music. to do 100 Sea Family and... Uh, See my dad and all that important stuff. But I think uh, Monday, I guess we all know what we're doing Monday you night uh, here in I'll Toronto. Be, uh, yeah, I'll be Very in Kitchener Waterloo with my uh, uh, brother-in-law, sister-in-law, Ron and Sue, nice. cheering for the Raptors. And the trophy will be here. Oh, my God. Wouldn't that be something? See you again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.